This is Transistor.fm. Hey, did you know that Kyle Fox, my co-host, has his own software as a service product? He does. It's called Photo Journal, and this week we talk about how he built it and the lessons he learned along the way. But before we get started, I'd like to tell you about Sprintly. At my day job, we've switched to Sprintly, and I've got to tell you, it has really simplified our development process. Now, everyone on the team has a simple view of what's going on in development. On one screen, we can see what's in the backlog, what people are currently working on, and what's been completed and is ready for testing. I'd like you to go and try Sprintly out for free. You can sign up for a 30-day trial at www.sprint.ly. Hey everybody, this is Product People, a podcast focused on great products and the people who make them. My name is Justin Jackson and my co-host is Kyle Fox. Hello everybody. Hey Kyle. So Kyle, this week we thought we would do something different. We would, we've would we been interviewing other folks who have created their own products, but the fact is you have your own product that you run on the side and uh, in addition to being you know, a podcast co-host and uh, working as a product manager during the day, you have this, this SaaS business that you've built on the side. And I thought it would be interesting to interview you in a sense and kind of delve into what it is, how you built it, and, um, and maybe also talk about motivation. What, what should motivate us to build a product in the first place? Yeah. Sure. Um, so what, what, what is this, what's your product called and what does it do? Okay. So, um, the product is called photo journal. Um, it's photo with an F <laughs> and the domain <laughs> is myphotojournal.com. So I think lesson number one would be like, <laughs> get some of that stuff right, right off the bat. Because, um, like shortly after we launched, my wife was like, she's obviously heard about photo journal a lot while we were building it and everything. And then I was like, Hey, we, we actually launched it. And she wanted to go check it out. And she's like, she types it into the browser and she's like, it's not coming up. <laughs> and I looked and she had gone to photo ph journal.ca. And I was like, okay, first of all, it's actually my photo journal. It's photo with an F and it's .com. So like, <laughs> You really want to nail that part down. Um, oh, man. That's interesting. So anyway. <laughs> she went to the Canadian domain. I know. And photojournal.ca is taken. Yeah. It's oh, my goodness. Kind of bizarre. How, um, and I'll, I'll, how, bad is it when, how bad is it when the, the, you know, the domain trolls are taking photojournal.ca and hold Exactly. <laughs> they right? got the Canadian one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Quick tip for everyone out there. Um, okay, so anyway, sorry. It's myphotojournal.com. Okay. And photo is with an F. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and what it is, is in a nutshell, it's a hosted blogging platform and community for professional photographers. So, um, a professional photographer, when they want to start a blog, um, you've got these standard options like you can go to wordpress.com or blogger or tumblr um or you can come to photo journal so it's kind of like fits in 
fits in there. Um, but it's it's focused. Um, yeah, it's focused primarily on professional photographers who, you know, are using blogging as a way to acquire clients and kind of get themselves known in the photography community um, versus like there's a lot of portfolio sites out there. Mm -hmm. but portfolios are they're fairly static and they're not super they're, they're like they're not a great way. Some are, I guess it depends on the portfolio, but they're not a great way to convey the photographer's personality. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the reason people hire a particular photographer over another photographer is because of the personality, because a large part of um, like what results in a quality photo shoot and quality photos is how comfortable the subjects feel during the photo shoot. And that's largely influenced by the, photographer's personality. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. personality is a huge, huge um, component when you're picking a wedding photographer and an uh, engagement photographer, that kind of thing. So yeah, well, so you've gone into now that you've brought it up, you've gotten into why someone would hire an individual photographer. Why would a photographer hire photo journal for their website? Well, mostly because I'm a really nice guy and <laughs> like it's got pink on the website. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so, uh, well, there's lots of like, there's lots of different options out there. Um, WordPress is by and large the de facto blogging platform out there, but it's, I mean, for like guys like us who have, we're, we're fairly web savvy. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's not that difficult to buy a shared host account, do a one-click install of WordPress, and maybe find a theme, connect through FTP, upload the theme, tweak it a little bit through the WordPress interface, set up a domain. All that kind of stuff is not insurmountable. Mm -hmm. But to a lot of like people who spend their time out and about on photo shoots, and editing photos like they're busy doing running their photography business um, and I don't know about you but it in my experience people who um, kind of jump on the WordPress um, train eventually end up becoming system administrators <laughs> okay so, yeah yeah so they're worried about like how do I back up my database what does that even mean? How do I hook up my domain? How, like my, my blog got hacked. What do I do? Mm -hmm. My blog yeah. is slow. It's not loading. There's a, like a ton of things that, you know, actually Squarespace has, has a great thing on their pricing page where it says, um, it, I think the question is like, why isn't Squarespace free? Mm -hmm. And they kind of go into obviously like, you know, if you read between the lines, it's the same question that I get. Um, I get asked a lot is, you know, WordPress is free. How can you compete with a free product? And mm -hmm. I'm sure Squarespace gets the same thing a lot. And Squarespace's response is like one of those things that I wish I had come up with because it's just so spot on. And they say, um, no solution is truly free because your time isn't free. Mm. And, and I think that pretty much hits the nail on the head of why somebody would use PhotoJournal. Um, you can sign up and have a blog ready to go. 
in you know 30 seconds and it's smoking fast you don't have to worry about getting hacked or backing up your database or buying hosting um, and we're pretty like helpful with setting up the custom domains and things like that like that can be a pretty that's probably the only um, I guess technical hurdle that most of our users have to um, overcome is setting up a domain because obviously they need to go register it and set up the records and things like that. But we're pretty, um, like I've, I've logged into people's registrar accounts and set it up for them so that they don't have to do it. So it's, like it's a pretty low friction solution to get a professional looking website and blog set up with little effort. And then it takes zero, pretty much zero effort to, um, to continue running. So it sounds like if I'm a photographer, I'm hiring you to save me time and to give me peace of mind. Yeah, that's that's a good way to to put it. It's kind of like your website and blog is one last thing that you need to worry about. Like you don't it, to the point where you pretty much don't even have to worry about it at all. Like even if you're on WordPress, um, you know it's not like you you're going to spend all your time managing your WordPress blog, but it is still something that you've, you know, in your to-do list every month, you should be like backing it up or updating it, you know, running WordPress up, man. So I just actually a few months ago built a WordPress, a custom WordPress site for some friends and I've been kind of doing the maintenance and man, it's a lot of work. Like, making sure the backups are running, testing the backups, doing all the WordPress updates, making sure all the plugins are up to date, making sure there's no conflicts with the plugins. Like, and I'm pretty web savvy. And for me, I'm like, I dread doing it because it's a lot of work to make sure everything is up to date and not breaking and that there's no plugin conflicts and things like that. So, so even, even if you are web, web savvy mm -hmm. and on top of it, it's still a lot of work to maintain. A WordPress site and I don't mean to just pick on WordPress like even if you're using like another hosted um, self-hosted CMS um, you'd, you'd encounter the same sort of thing so with photo journal it pretty much completely eliminates that from your <laughs> cognitive load you, you don't have to worry about that stuff at all you can just kind of focus on the photography side of your business that's right this brings up two things in my head the first is this idea that Jason Fried just brought out on uh, the 37 Signals blog, which was um, we always talk about what people can do once they sign up for your product. But he was saying, what can people stop doing when they sign up for your product? So uh, if before yeah. they were like spending time, you know, worried about, you know, up upgrading plugins and, you know, protecting themselves from being hacked and figuring out how to back up their WordPress site. And some of those things are just things that they actually aren't doing. They're just worrying about them. They're just yeah. sitting up and, you know, late at night going, oh man, like I always think about how do I back up my WordPress blog, but I don't know how to do that. Exactly. And like, there's even a hurdle before, before you get to that point where, um, like, again, I'm, I'm pretty web savvy and every time I need to set up a, like a small little website for somebody or, or whatever and I need to kind of look at all the different shared hosting options like that's overwhelming like if you want to try a shared finding a shared host it's like well I could use DreamHost but like 
like they've had a lot of downtime and like there's there's these problems and it's this one other one is kind of expensive and this one looks good but like it it's a really <laughs> I mean not to paint everyone with the same brush but it's a I feel like it's an industry where confusion creating conf confusion in consumers is almost like the way that they do their business yeah um, yeah and and so like you know you can imagine somebody who doesn't know the first step about like how do I how do I get a domain how do I get my com name like they don't even really know first of all that what hosting is let alone which of the thousands of web hosts to choose from mm -hmm. so yeah. So even like that, that first hurdle is kind of eliminated by, you know, like presenting, hey, this is, it's built for you. Like you just have to click a few buttons and like you don't even have to think about hosting. Mm -hmm. Now here's another question. How many of your customers do you think are hiring you just for support? <laughs> um, I don't know. That's, that's an interesting question. Um, Hmm. This comes from Probably. this comes from something that Addy is it Addy at WooTheme said, and he said that the thing that a lot of people who are starting SaaS businesses don't realize is that a lot of your customers are actually uh, sure they're paying you for the, the software, but what they're really paying you for is they want support. They want to be able to email someone and get an answer, or they want to be able to call someone and get an answer. And you had just mentioned, um, you know, you've even gone in and set up people's custom domain names. So mm -hmm. maybe just talk a little bit about support. How how important do you think that is, uh, or has it been for you anyway, um, in in building um, PhotoJournal? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Actually, it's um, well. First of all, like support is like critical. We've had we've had like a lot of positive responses just from like how like kind of proactively and overly helpful and quick we are to respond and so like people have um like i mean we're our customer base is fairly small and like um like relatively small i should say but um we've got kind of a reputation for being like really good and really quick with our support um so and there's been like a lot of cases where you can take maybe a customer who's like dissatisfied for whatever reason and turn that around into a really positive experience for them. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I'm pretty like personally committed to customer support. Like I think it's a pretty important component of any, any like especially SaaS businesses. Um, but uh, I think it plays a huge part because our, like our, audience like I sort of just described is primarily the people who don't really know what they need to do mm -hmm. and um, and so they'll, they'll sign up for photojournal and like our, our support volume isn't super high like it's not like we get crushed with people asking us a lot of basic questions um, mm -hmm. but how many how many you, support you, emails do you get in a, a day or a week um, in a week, I'd say maybe, I don't know, four or five. And usually most of them are like, you know, they're 90% the same things, which we've created articles for on our knowledge base. So I'll, I'll kind of respond and usually include the link to whatever article is relevant and 
if there's something else that um, I can tell from their question the article doesn't cover, I'll include that, or I'll and uh, I'll ask if they have any other questions and things like that. So overall, it's it's pretty. Um, I like the product is itself is pretty stable. So like there's not a lot of bug reports or problems like that. Like it's mostly just people, you know, honestly, like probably over half of the support requests are. I need some. I need help setting up my custom domain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which exactly like you said, like they're kind of hiring you for support, and it's actually a good thing because like they'll, you know, someone will sign up. They don't really know. <laughs> they're kind of like, okay, I've got this thing now. Like, what do I do with it? Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Be because the barrier to entry is so low, and then it's actually really, really awesome because we have an opportunity to, um, to educate them. Mm -hmm. And say like, well, here's here's how you should use your blog. Like, you should use it to post this kind of stuff. And here's how you should promote yourself. And here's how you set up a domain. And here's how you do all these things. And suddenly, like, we're kind of like seen as the experts. That's and right. There's this like, there's this really trusting relationship where, you know, like, oh, these like photojournal guys, they. They totally helped me set up my whole website, and they told me how like I can promote my blog on Twitter, and like helped me figure out all these different things. And so, it like it's a pretty pretty low touch consultancy almost that yeah. that keeps them keeps them using PhotoJournal and keeps them happy with it. Yeah, but that's fairly high touch in in some ways in terms of I think. What yes. some people feel is that they're going to flip the switch on this app and that money just comes in and all they do is work on the code and the design. And a lot of people miss that actually a, a big part of what people are paying you for is support. Like they want to be able to ask you a question and, and get an answer. Yeah. And like, that's why it's important to streamline your support system. Um, so like we use, an app called Tender, and it's it's okay. Um, I don't love it, but it does the job. It's basically like a private forum. People can submit tickets, and we can link it to their photojournal account and stuff like that. Um, but you know, if something comes up more than a couple times, we'll put it in the knowledge base, and that way, at, le at the very least, then we can link to it. Uh, we can link to it within the app and kind of preempt. You can preempt a lot of the common questions. Um, but it's definitely not just, you know, a SaaS business is not a set it and forget it type model. Um, but I think that's a good thing because we learn a lot by talking with our customers and seeing, like, the problems that keep coming up, or the, not even problems, but questions. And there's a, like, there's a huge opportunity to educate. I don't know why this is, but kind of the photographer photography industry as a whole is a little bit behind on a lot of web stuff. Mm -hmm. And so there's like a huge opportunity to educate um, customers on how to effectively use your blog. Like stuffing keywords into the tag field isn't helping anything. Yeah. You know? But because of all this um, background with like the way that they've approached the web all these years, that's kind of ingrained as like, oh, there's a tag field. I should put every possible 
keyword combination in there. And so yeah. when they when they reach out to you, you can say like, well, no, but actually a better strategy is to like like the tags are there to help your visitors navigate your blog and and dive deeper into the parts of your blog that they like. And what you should focus your effort on is writing content that they'll want to read and share with other people. Um, so when they kind of reach out to you, it's a good opportunity to, to yeah, educate them. And, uh, and because of like photojournal is sort of built to be kind of, I mean, <laughs> a little bit sensationalist to say, but it's trying to be the perfect tool for, um, photography blogs yeah um, as as we educate users on the proper ways to blog and use it to for their photography business photojournal suddenly it becomes more and more looking like the perfect tool to do all these things mm -hmm. so um, so even though it's it is I guess it's high touch in the sense that you you do have to occasionally talk to customers and help them out I think it's overall a good thing to do yeah yeah. Well, let's let's kind of circle back here and start from the beginning. What what's the story behind Photojournal? Why did you decide to build it in the first place? Um well, what originally so I've kind of always wanted to um I guess like let's go back to where I was. I was at the time I I think I was still in in college, so this would have been um or shortly out of college. So this would have been about 2007 or 2008. And um, I was like, I've always kind of wanted to, to run my own business. Um, and that was shortly around the time that uh, Rails had started coming out. And, you know, this new shiny new thing, Basecamp, <laughs> had, was sort of starting to gain attention because it was just built by some guys who you know, they built it themselves and put it out there and started charging money. And like my, my love has always been like building things. Um, mm -hmm. and so, uh, I was like, Oh, this is awesome. I can just like, I can build something and put it out there and charge money for it and become wildly rich and wealthy. And, <laughs> and that's how it's turned out. <laughs> um, it's yeah. So anyway, story. Yeah, exactly. That's that's it in a nutshell, basically. Um, but no, I so I, I was kind of like, okay, this is an interesting way to create a business where I'm not doing like service, you know, consulting work, but I can still get to do the things that I like to do. Um, and and so I was kind of like, I was looking for something to do that fit that model, and I kind of. Um, I kind of toyed around with a few different things. Um, so like most of the, most of these never really got past the idea stage, but oh, tell um, me what, what did you toy toy around with? So one of the first things I wanted to do was an online invoicing tool, <laughs> Yeah. Um, which it was actually kind of funny because, uh, there is some, I'm trying to remember what the name of the program was. There's some pro like kind of mentorship, program here in Edmonton that um, there's like one night a week for for a month that you'd go and you'd you basically like people would show you how to make business plans and and that sort of thing and um, okay yeah so I went to that and like the whole idea was to build this invoicing tool and it um, 
and I was like, I, I don't, I wasn't hundred percent sure if people would use online invoicing. And like at the time there, there really wasn't a lot of options yeah. out there. Um, and I don't know if it was, I don't know how long FreshBooks has been around, but it was around that time that I saw FreshBooks and it was pretty, it was pretty new. And I think, um, there's another one too. I can't remember the name of it. Um, I want to say Blink Sale, maybe. Okay. Let me, yeah. let me, let me Google that quickly, actually. Um, yeah, Blink Sale. Um, so, um, as I started like looking into building this kind of a product, I was like, okay, there's a couple options out there, and me being like, I don't know, kind of naive and maybe lacking in self confidence, I was like, oh you know what, somebody's already built an online invoicing tool, like, I can't do it now, sort of That's thing. That's right. You know, um, which now my, my opinion has totally, like, flipped. Yeah. You, you know, like, people, like, um, <laughs> if, the, if there's a lot of people in a space, it's usually because there's a lot of opportunity there, and even mm -hmm. if you just do something a little bit different, like you have a little bit different take on it, your value proposition is different. You can you can succeed in um, in a crowded space. I think actually Amy Hoy tweeted the other day something about the whole idea of saturated markets being bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which which I totally agree with. Um, so, but any in any case, that's sort of what dissuaded me from actually building out the the invoicing app which okay looking so, back on it <laughs> i kind of wish maybe i had, had actually <laughs> stuck with it yeah but uh yeah that was one of the first things so how, how did how did you get photo journal what was the the genesis of that idea so um so yeah again there's a few more other ideas that i kind of thought about talked to a few people about some were kind of like eh, i wasn't totally in love with any of them um and then at the time, I was working for a company in town here called Lyft Interactive, and we had been working on a product that let photographers build an online portfolio. So it was, it was pretty um, basic, mm -hmm. but yeah, it was like you know, photographers could sign up, upload their uh, their photos, organize them, and have an online portfolio. So um, I started to, I guess. So, like, not only did I, I build that product while I was there, but I did all the support. Okay. So, I started to, I guess, kind of get to know, like, photographers are interesting <laughs> people. Like, they've, um, I, again, you don't want to paint everyone with the same brush, but there's, like, there is kind of, like, a an overall photographer personality. Okay. <laughs> and they're like cool creative, people. Like, uh, yeah, they're creative. Invested. They're, like... They're pretty like laid back, um, and they're just like I really I really enjoyed like it was kind of the I had done tech support in the past for other companies and I mean I didn't hate it, but um, you know there's certainly like bad days where someone like yell at you or um, you know it just wasn't always like awesome but yeah pretty much every every encounter I had talking with them. The product was called Parade, and it's still available at getparade.com. Okay. Um, but pretty much every interaction I had with Parade customers was awesome. So, um, so I was like, okay, these are cool people, and like, um, you know, being like a, I consider myself fairly creative. Um, 
the other side of the coin was, well, we're getting to like build these like beautiful photography based websites. Mm. So it was kind of an interesting, interesting space. Um, and then I started to, um, uh, get to know a couple of photographers here in town through another friend of mine and they needed a, they needed to blog. They were like pretty big into blogging, but they wanted to do a few other spin-off blogs, but they didn't really want to use WordPress. They didn't want to use some of the existing options. So, um, they kind of came to us to, uh, me and my friend, John. So he was, he was the guy that I, uh, co-founded photo journal with. They kind of okay. came to me and John and what's John's last name, John Smellquist. Smellquist. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so our friends are Rob and Lauren. They came to us to, to build them a blog. And while working at Lyft and working on Parade, we had had people ask about like blogging functionality. And in the first version of the product, it was there, but it was pretty crude and like pretty bad and nobody used it, mm -hmm. which we incorrectly attributed to people didn't want photography blogs, but okay. it, I, like looking back on it, I think the problem was just our implementation was like really bad and nobody wanted to use it because it was bad. It was, it was literally tacked on as an afterthought. Yeah. So, um, so in the meantime, we had other people asking for a, a better blog. And so when this opportunity to build a custom blog, photography blog for Rob and Lauren came up, um, we were like, you know, why don't we make it into something that anyone any photographer can sign up and use. And so obviously there was a little bit of like a um, potential conflict of interest with my day job at the time because yeah. we were building, you know, online portfolios and I was going to be trying to build photography blogs. Um, yeah. But, how'd you deal, um, how'd you deal with that? Well, Micah, he, uh, he's the principal of Lyft Interactive. Uh, him and his wife, Christy run it and they're, they're super cool people. And, um, they're pretty like, I mean, parade was kind of like a side thing. It wasn't lifts bread and butter lifts primarily an agency. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, so they didn't have a ton of, um, they were relying a ton on, on parade. Um, so it wasn't a huge deal for me to have something in a similar space, I guess. Yeah. And, and we, we, we originally talked to them about even partnering on it. And originally that was going to be the case. Okay. Um, but they kind of decided that that was getting to be just too many, too many things for them to handle, like a photography blogging business, a portfolio business. And then also trying to like the agency at the time was really small. It was like, you know, I think three or four people. Okay. So, they, they really wanted to focus on the agency side of things. And so yeah. they kind of, they kind of bowed out and uh, I guess gave us our blessing, gave us their blessing to continue on with photo journal. Okay. So, so you and John decided to build it together. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Could you quickly talk about like what legal work did you and John do? Did you guys sign anything? Did you, you know, did you open a, a, did you start a corporation? Did you open a joint bank account? Did you just shake hands? <laughs> yeah. So we, um, like John and I had been friends for a while, um, in college and like he was, 
you know, we're very similar in that, like, he loves building stuff, um, and he's, you know, got an entrepreneurial side as well. So while we were in college, we started a, we just registered a partnership just at, like, the, the registry's office. For all our American listeners, that's roughly the equivalent of the DMV, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so we just went in there, and it's like, actually, you know what we did? Um, I was like, I was talking to my mom one day, and I was like, I don't know, like, how to do this. And my family has like, um, has had a few businesses in the past, and so my mom, she's like, she's an awesome like administrator, and yeah. so she's like, well, let me look into it, and like two days later she sent me this package and it was like she had like basically summarized the difference between partnerships and corporations and all these different things yeah she talked about the the different paperwork you need for each and like in which scenarios you would choose which over which and then she was like you guys should do this so so my mom was like super helpful (laughs) starting through some of that yeah so so anyway uh what me and john did was um while we were still in college, we started a partnership, just simple partnership. I think it cost 60 bucks to register. And we started doing uh, consulting work. This was before PhotoJournal came along. Okay. And so, and so we had like, we had a joint uh, bank account and like we were running this small consulting business together. And then when PhotoJournal came along, um, we knew we were going to have to incorporate it at some point, but we kind of, deferred that until the last possible moment. So we continued to develop it um, as part of our partnership. And then like a month or two before we launched it, um, we we actually incorporated. Gotcha. Huh. And and we just did that online through staples.ca. And I think it I think it was like six hundred dollars or something like that. But yeah. So interesting. Okay. So you and John decide to build uh, this product and talk about your motivation like what was what was the primary motivation behind wanting to launch this business well i think um at the time <laughs> i would say i was fairly naive <laughs> about okay. about running a web business like i had done some freelance work but i didn't really know i mean i guess like I mean, SaaS wasn't brand new, but it was it was fairly new, and um, there certainly wasn't, I guess, like the the amount of resources now that are available. Plus, I was younger and just dumber, <laughs> so <laughs> the motivation was really to like let's build something that's going to be fun to work on, that's going to help our friends, and that you know maybe we can grow into a business where you know it's just me and me and John going maybe one day we'll have an office and it's just the two of us like hacking on photo journal. And yeah. we, we called that the dream. <laughs> yeah. And so we're like, you know, if like, I don't know, photo journal would go down or something. We'd always just say like, you know, the dream. And I think he, <laughs> he came up with us. He came up with a slogan that he would drop every once in a while. And it was, it's like so cheesy, but it was hilarious and awesome. It was teamwork makes the dream work. So, <laughs> So that was like the unofficial like slogan of photojournal behind. That's what kept you guys going. Exactly. Through the tough times. So the next question, how long did it take? I want to say it probably took 
I would say from idea to launch probably took maybe a year and a half. Um, and that went like that included, we, we actually built, um, I mean, this was kind of before the whole like idea of, of being lean or whatever, but we kind of, I guess you could say pivoted a few times in there. Like we, we sort of built a first version for our friends, Rob and Lauren who needed it for their blog. Mm -hmm. And we used that to like launch their blog on and, but we weren't happy with like some of the, like some of the way the tech worked and just how this, the overall system was architected. We had like, we had really like gone overly ambitious with trying to modularize all the different pieces. And um, because we were like, oh, well, this is, this is software engineering. We're doing a good thing by like breaking things up. But yeah. it ended, it ended up being really difficult to roll out changes and things like that. So, um, and I mean, we had like different parts of the app lived in different source code repositories and like, it was, it was really difficult to, to work on. Huh. So we're like, you know what, this is like, we've got one, one blog on here and making changes is already painful because of like the way it's set up. So we, we pretty much like, we looked at like, well, do we refactor it or what do we do? And we ended up just deciding to rebuild it. So we, we basically rebuilt it um, and ported uh, their blog over to the new platform. Um, so that added some of the time. And then yeah, the, the other thing too, that like, I mean, again, speaking to our, our naivety and especially mine and my, <laughs> I guess, sense of perfectionism. Um, yeah. My feeling was that like when we launched, this thing had to be polished and it had to be like awesome. There couldn't be any bugs in it. It had to like, it, it had to be flawless at launch, um, which, you know, extended the development time a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, uh, I mean, like now looking back, that's, that's the one thing that I would like out of all the things that I could do differently, if I could do it again, that would be the first thing is like, get something out there and launched as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we, we kind of got lucky because, um, it ended up, um, it ended up working out not too badly because we had kind of a list of people who wanted to use it. And when we did our launch announcement, um, we had a lot of people sign up and, and become paying customers. And I don't know how many of those would have happened if like, if the product was a little bit buggy hmm. and maybe not as polished or as, or as fully featured. But so we like, I mean, in some ways it was successful to like, put in the effort to make it really polished, but I think it would have been even more successful and we would have learned things sooner if we had launched it, you know, sooner without laboring over all the small details first. And we're going to leave it there for now, but next week Kyle gets into all the juicy numbers. How many people signed up at launch? How many people does he have using the product now? And what is he hoping for in terms of growth in the future? 
please thank our sponsors, Sprintly, on Twitter, at Sprintly. You can follow us on Twitter as well, at Product People TV. And if you could give us a rating in iTunes, we would love you forever. Just search for Product People and click that five-star rating. really helps the show get noticed. See you next time. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.